Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2020. It has been edited from its original format. I'm Christine Gritman, and welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I do this show live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We're here live today with Winnie Sun. She is an incredible financial educator, financial analyst. She's on TV five days a week. She's on all the time. She is. She has been ranked the most influential female in the finance space on social media. So we're going to talk to her all about how she came to own this niche and how being amazing at what she did first, she was then able to parlay that into social media success as well. All right. So without any further ado, we are going to bring on the fabulous Winnie Sun to talk about owning a niche. Hello, Winnie. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. People were so excited to hear that you were going to be on because, as you know, you're pretty influential uh, in the social media space. Um, and we're talking a little bit before we went live about how that came to be, but I would love for you to share that with the folks at home, kind of your journey from... Um, but you actually... One interesting thing that we didn't really talk about before we went live is that actually before you even were a full-time financial analyst, you did work in the media space, which I think a lot of people don't know about. I know. A lot of people didn't know about that. Well, first <laughs> off, I am so honored to be here with you and all your amazing friends, and a quick shout out hello to Jen Cole as well. Um, well, let me give you sort of the backstory, if you will. I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep it as short as possible. So, you know, I am a child of immigrant parents that came from Taiwan. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, but my parents were really great savers. Like, literally, um, I remember uh, as a kid, right, they used to own this pizza store. And just imagine two Asian parents owning a pizza store in, like, a really you know, rough neighborhood. And the pizza store didn't sell alcohol. So you can imagine how much pizza we sold. Not too much pizza, but I used to man the uh, cash register there. And then like once a month, we would go to Burger King because Burger King would do this promo once a month where you can get hamburgers for like 29 cents or 39 cents. And was like, that was like us eating out. So those are really, to give you an idea, so we didn't have a lot, but we felt like really happy, you know, as kids because we were always around our parents and whatnot. And then, um, so fast forward, you know, my parents saved up money. All they did was save and they invested in a real estate project. Three months before I started college, they pulled me aside and they shared with me that they were going into bankruptcy. So when most people are looking excited about going to college and, you know, roommates and all that stuff and rushing stories and everything, um, I was just concerned about helping my parents keep the house. Because my dad wow. felt so, yeah, he felt so much, um, I guess, guilt from losing 
the house. I mean, not losing house, but, you know, failing in this investment. And so my mom pretty much had to, you know, pull us up. So right when I went to college, I, I worked multiple jobs. And one of them happened to be in, in on a television show called Jones and Jury. So I was actually pre-law at the time. So um, and they had me go on. I thought I was going to do legal research, but they put me in the audience department. So then I ended up working that show along with America's Fitness Videos and a couple other shows. And then one day, one of the executive producers pulled me aside and says, Winnie, you should start your own television audience production company. So I said, okay. So I was like 19, That's 20 incredible. years old. Yeah, wow. I, started, I started it in my college apartment. Um, <laughs> and by the time I was around 23-ish, we were the second largest in the United States. Wow. I was filling shows for Funniest Videos, uh, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, MTV, Gladiators, all these different shows, moving thousands of people per week. And then I sold the business at 24 to a competitor, and I got recruited to work at Smith Barney because at night I was actually taking classes in financial planning because I really wanted to help my parents out better understand money because I felt like they just, you know, didn't know they didn't have good financial advice. So, so many business have- owners get into business because they have a passion or because they feel like it's something to do, but then they don't have that financial background to really make sure that they can keep it afloat and have that business sense beyond the passion. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So I just felt like, you know, I should do that. And then got re. That's how I, that's really how I got in the financial industry, really a series of accidental events. Um, and then the rest is, the rest is sort of history. And then uh, in 2011 ish, I was pregnant with my second child. And then I uh, started my own firm, which is where we're at now, which is called Sun Group Wealth Partners. And we do work with clients across the globe. I love that. So you went from television, but not on camera. So that was entirely behind the scenes, you know, doing the grunt work to entrepreneurship, owning a company, which you then sold, which is fantastic. You really grew that incredibly. Then you moved to growing your own financial services practice. But again, you still weren't the face on camera that we know and love today. So I would love to hear your journey from, because finance is not something that we typically necessarily even think of when it comes to social media right? It's kind, of, it's kind of a tricky thing. So I would love to hear your journey of how you went from being a financial services person and not having anything to do with entertainment or media or video to putting yourself out there on social and also on television. <laughs> it's so funny, this story, because um, I am an extreme introvert. Like, the type of person, I'll give you an example. I actually didn't speak in school until I was 12 years old. Oh so my goodness. I don't do well with a lot of people. Even to this day, I'm terrible at cocktail parties. I am oh. just, I think I'm not friendly when you see me at conferences and whatnot. And it's not that I just, I literally just don't do well with, you know, more than one or two people at a time. I'm much more comfortable on stage in front of 10, 50,000 people than on a smart group setting. So mm-hmm. it's interesting because my husband's very social. And he was like, you know, you should get in. He's a network engineer. He's like, you should get on social media and you, know, you can get clients from now. I'm like, no way I'm going to do that. I am definitely not doing social. So by the time I actually did end up doing social media, my name, which is not like the most common name, was taken on all the different platforms. Um, but I actually decided to do social media because at Smith Barney, the manager said, okay, now you guys can use LinkedIn. And being the 
the good little Asian employee, I was like, okay, the manager says I should do LinkedIn, so I better do LinkedIn. Otherwise, he's not going to be happy that I do LinkedIn. So I set up LinkedIn. And then soon after that, like um, within, I think within the first year, I signed on several clients from LinkedIn. But one, of the, one in particular ended up being close to a $30 million client. And that was sort of an aha moment for me that, wow, this LinkedIn thing is pretty good. So I really started working more and more on LinkedIn. And um, and then during the financial crisis, you know, during Bernie Madoff and everything else, um, the Bernie Madoffs of the world were telling the story for financial professionals like myself. So you know how when we go, like, okay, perfect example, like a, like a social media world conference or any sort of, you know, VidCon conference, People would go up and meet people, and they would meet people like you, Christine. They'd be like, oh, what are you doing? And they'd find out what you do. like, oh, my gosh, they would love, ah, I love Christine. And then they would meet me, and then they'd be like, so, Winnie, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a financial advisor. And I joke because financial advisors, lawyers, you'll understand this. We have what I call financial advisor stink. And that is when someone meets you, they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm a financial advisor. Like, oh, it's so oh. nice. Oh, wait, Christine's over there. I got to get to her. Have a nice have a nice event, okay? Enjoy the cocktail party or whatever. See ya. And literally nobody would ever want to talk to you. And I was just like, this, this is so sad because my clients absolutely love me. Like to a point where I'll meet with them, they'll cry. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, you changed my life and this. And I'm like, if I could just bottle that up somehow, like people would, would want to be my client. I wouldn't have to work so hard. I mean, I was cold calling. I was doing all this crazy stuff. And, and so that's when I realized that I needed to use social media to start telling my story. So the Bernies and the Lehman Brothers weren't telling my story for me. That is incredible. Really that is incredibly important. I love that. I love that it's all about taking control of the narrative, which is really ultimately what personal branding is always all about. Yeah. All right. So Winnie, so, so you finally realized, okay, I need to take control of the narrative here. How did... So you started out on LinkedIn, getting yourself out there on LinkedIn, connecting with people on LinkedIn. How did video become such an important part of your branding strategy? Well, good question. It actually wasn't part of my strategy. I was <laughs> I did a ton of seminars and um, you know, whenever I do seminars, people would just be so happy. They love and we, we got so much of our business came from seminars. And um so uh, you know, I got I got introduced I got connected with Forbes very early on. I became a Forbes contributor, and I think it's now almost been seven or eight years. And then uh, one day, uh, I, I when I went to start our own firm, they actually hired me a publicist. And one day, um, I, I think my second publicist, they said, uh, CNBC, would would you like to do CNBC? So went on CNBC, and the first time, I'm going to be completely honest with you, it was like <laughs> train wreck. I remember my publicist said, okay, so they said, the producer said, you look the part, you know your stuff, but there's something wrong with your speaking. Oh, no. So I was like, okay, I'm never doing this again. But um, That's exactly what a shy introvert needs to hear, right? You talk funny. That's terrible. That's all funny. I know. It's because of my English, because I spoke Chinese at home before speaking English, even though, you know, I was born here in Los Angeles. I thought it was an LA accent, but I guess yeah. it's a English yeah. accent. So I worked on that uh, for a really long time. And then soon, you know, it starts to show and I actually got better doing video by teaching myself by doing Facebook live. So I actually worked with a speaking coach, um, a, actually a, a doctor to see if there's something wrong with my tongue and everything. Cause I literally thought there was something wrong with me. Oh my um, so finally, 
after like spending a year and a half trying to fix myself, Facebook Live became available. And I actually used it not to go live, but actually to see myself talk. And I actually fixed myself. That's, <laughs> I fixed that's my incredible. Face. Yeah, so that's really how it started. And then it's so funny because now I'm on Fox Business every Monday. I'm on Digital Trends on Tuesdays. I'm usually on CNBC at one of the other days. I've, you know, I've done speaking at Forbes conferences. And usually my whole week now is filled with national TV appearances. And everyone's like, oh, you're such a natural. I'm like, yeah, natural seven years in the making. <laughs> yep. It's like an um, overnight success when you've been hustling for a decade. That's how that's people only see the end result. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you're on TV all the time um, and you're also very prominent on social media. How do you marry the two and how do they feed into each other in terms of in general putting your brand out there? Well, I think it's critical, you know, when you own a business, uh, whatever business that is, you know, you always think, well, what is the goal of the business? And the goal of the business has to be in finding new business, right? So, yes, we I have a multi-million dollar financial practice. That doesn't mean that we can just hang out and just do our thing. So because the thing is, if you really care about your team and you really care about your clients or your customers, your responsibility is to drive new business to yourself. Because if you're struggling financially or you're worried about how you're going to make payroll or make, you know, in our case, I, have, I own the building, so make mortgage on the building, then you're no good to your existing customer client base. So I really believe that we should be spending as business owners more than 60% of our time on new business development. And so that's really what we do. My social media presence, I remember, this is a long time ago, um, my earlier publicist, I said, you know, um, should, I, should I start doing more social media? And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about social media. Just do what we're doing with media. You'll be totally fine. Around what okay, year was that that they said, don't worry about social media? I'm just curious. And by the way, yeah, he's young. He's not like, you know, he's like an But older, like about what older. year was that? Well, probably, goodness, probably I would say about 2014, 15. Wow. Um, maybe 13. So it wasn't that long Very ago. Very recent. Um, I know. And then. Well, when I publish this now, who's like literally my, my soul sister, my best friend. Um, but as soon as I started working with her, she's like, no, Whitney, you're getting on Twitter. And then I remember thinking, but everybody's telling me Twitter's dead. Are you sure we should do Twitter? She's like, no, you need to build out your Twitter. Just focus on Twitter. And I was like, okay. And so I really focus on Twitter. And then one day she says, you should actually create a Twitter chat. And I was like, a Twitter chat? What's a Twitter chat? She said, Let's do it. And then we're figuring out the numbers and name, the hashtag, whatever. And I really, you know, as an introvert, I never wanted to, to be called, with, which is what it's called today, which is hashtag Winnie's son. I was like, maybe we do money chat. Maybe we do, you know, business chat. She's like, no, it's hashtag Winnie's son. I'm like, look awkward. <laughs> um, but, you know, she was right because now we are the largest business chat on social media. We average 150 million impressions um, wow. every week. And that's actually average. We the numbers have gone way bigger, and um, and she was right from the from like literally she's like she's my soul sister. She literally led me right, and so between that and that certainly helps a lot with uh, media appearances. And and you you can't kid yourself. You know, I've been working with employees from the Los Angeles Times for goodness almost two decades, and uh, I have a lot of award-winning Pulitzer Prize reporters as my longtime clients. And they will tell you, 
a big portion of how their um, pay, their their pay is reconsidered each year is not only that they write great articles and they write war winning articles, but that people read their their content, right? Yes. So it's 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 that's a big part of even traditional media. So if you pair up your social media footprint, and then you know your stuff, you have to be really. I think we can't discount the fact that you really have to be the best of the best in your industry. So I, I am like, luckily, I'm an award-winning financial advisor. I'm really good at managing money, like really good at managing money. And, <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I will change your life if I get Modesty a Modesty is a waste of time on this show, girl. Rock it out. Brag. <laughs> okay, we are, I'm so good at managing money. I mean, I have people, I have changed so many lives, families, generations of lives because of how I manage money. So I knew before that all I had to do was not, not it's really hard, but using social media and media to traditional media to amplify the good work that we were doing. And so that was my job. My job was to do that. And um, that's really sort of when the magic happened. And then it's all interesting because people always ask me, well, do you get clients from social media? And I say, not directly. Do you get clients from when, you, when you're on CNBC and, you know, all these different shows, Good Day LA, whatever? I was like, not really. They're like, so why do you do it? I was like, because that's, the, that's sort of the first step. And the rest of it is more hard work. And that's your responsibility to figure out, to take what you've built on social and media and transform in that to, into business. So right now during the pandemic, you know, we were, I didn't know this, but we were really well positioned coming into the pandemic because we had already been doing video for years, right? Mm-hmm. And so all it meant was taking all my studio equipment from the studio and moving it home. Um, yeah. That's perfect. And that's so smart. Like if you were already online, this was probably not such a disastrous year. I mean, obviously some people, but you know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We have a bunch of comments that I can't bring on screen, apparently, because I'm using a streaming uh, code here. But uh, Linda Ray and Jen Cole and Tim Lewis. But I have to say, we have some we have some uh, comments for you. Kelly cannot add two plus two with a calculator, so she wants to. So she's very uh, she's definitely going to be following you for sure. And uh, Troy uh, wants some help with the live stream graphics. We love Troy. Troy says, "Beautiful story, Winnie. What have you not done already? You are so powerful." I love that so much. Um, 
And T- Tim Lewis says, on TikTok, there's this whole trend of various people saying that they're an accountant as a job because it's easier than describing what they actually do, which is a very interesting point. I want to hear how you convey what you do on social, but first I want to say a couple of things. So Stephanie Liu is here. We love Stephanie Liu. Woo! Woo! Love her. Who doesn't? (laughs) She says Winnie does a fantastic job cultivating her audience. Yes. She's like my little sister. My little sister. I love her. And Kelly says it's so inspiring that you stuck with it and worked to improve it rather than giving up and saying it just wasn't for you. In terms of speaking and video and all of that, you really worked at that. It's very inspiring to all of us who think that we could never do that. Linda Ray, who does business development, says new business development is key and constant. A Men. So I want to talk, uh, I want to back up a little bit. I would love to hear how, how you made it clear exactly what it is that you do, because, because to, to someone else's point, there's so many different things in finance. How did you really make it clear? Like, here's how I show up. Here's what I do. How did you define that? You know, so that's sort of the secret sauce, right? I think, you know, a lot of financial advisors aren't on social or media because they don't know what to say and what to share. And, and so that's, they become like sort of just frozen in that moment. And I think you, everybody has to go through their own journey. In the financial industry, uh, most people uh, like us, you know, most, the, the traditional financial industry doesn't look like me. It's mostly a, a white male in their 50s. And predominantly, we serve the high net worth to the ultra high net worth. So a lot of financial advisors, traditional financial advisors, don't necessarily want to do social because they don't feel like their clients are on social, which, you know, obviously we know is not true. Um, However, I think the key thing is the difference between me and the typical financial advisor is I talk regular people money. Yeah. (laughs) I talk about finances the way I talk to my clients about it. And my clients are the, the who's who of their industries, right? Um, Like, for example, there's one client of mine that she's been with me like almost 15 years and she is literally a legend in the movie industry okay like legend she's like president of one of the largest movie studios right now and i won't tell you which one but then you'll feel google it and find out but she actually she told she said this and it always stuck with me she says you know winnie like everybody wants my business everybody comes and talks to me and this and that but you're the first person i've ever worked with that when you explain things i actually understand them and I can explain them to my son and my daughter. And that's huge because then I know you really know your stuff. And I'm like, exactly. So I actually talk about things that people can relate to. For example, we can all relate to, you know, the stresses of figuring out whether it's a need or a want. We can, we can understand like the stresses of like, if I'm going to have enough money for my kid to go to college and if I could possibly retire on time or even early and I really want to go on vacation and how do I get there? And so those are the things that I focus on. Those are the things most financial advisors don't spend a lot of time on because for many of them, that doesn't pay the bills, right? But my motto has always been different because I grew up with not a lot of money, my husband as well. And, you know, the, the firm that I used to be with, Smith Barney, which got bought out by Morgan Stanley, would not have been, I would not have been an ideal client for them. And that would have been a mistake because you go, you know, you fast forward 10 years and I would absolutely have been the perfect client for them, but they would have missed that opportunity. So my feeling is we, as a, as a financial advisor, I am going out there and investing in people 
that the potential future means, where they're going to feel loved and cared for and heard. And they can walk into my office and they're going to feel like they totally fit in. And in fact, Stephanie Lou has been in my office. So she knows, like, I have a candy bar. I <laughs> Like, the whole thing doesn't look like a financial firm. It looks like you just, you can come and hang out, you know? Um, and I think that's what I was hoping to do as I wanted to change the the image of the typical financial firm that I didn't feel welcome even working there all the time. So that wasn't a place that I would want to be in long-term. And I wanted to create a financial service or advice or experience that I would want to go to. My kids might want to join one day. My other, you know, my, my posse would want to just come and hang out at. And so that's what I translate onto social. And that's why it works because it's like, Christine, you've always said, it's, it's, it's that being authentic of self. So I'm just reflecting what I would want from a financial um, person or financial money buddy, you know? I love that so much. Oh, this is gold. Thank you. So I have two quick questions. We are wrapping up in just a couple minutes, but I wanted to ask, I wanted to mention two quick things. So first of all, Stephanie Liu here in the comments, she's, she's your hype girl. I love it. She's the best. So she pointed out that the Winnie Sun tweet chat averages a hundred thousand or is that a hundred million? I don't know. Impressions every week. It's a lot of impressions. Uh, so I'd like million. Wow. That's incredible. So I would love to hear um, what your t- what your Twitter chat is about and how it connects to the rest of it. Just kind of the, the quick and dirty. It's a uh, it's a business chat. So it's about personal finance, entrepreneurship and um, and and building out your your best financial self. I love that. And to that end, we have a question from my Twitter chat on Tuesday. Kelly wants to know, what can small business owners and entrepreneurs do to not feel so scared and overwhelmed about learning the financial aspects of running a business? Because it's scary. And the whole point is that you educate people in a way that's not scary. So what's like a quick tip you can give for that? Two things. Number one, I have a live stream show every single day after the financial market closes at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, right? So you could do that if you are really just shy. The second thing is actually reach out and set set up a 30-minute consult call with me totally free. The reason it is is because when I first started my business, imagine um, having that good financial sort of just a couple tips I could give you now. And as you build bigger, those will – like if you just make less mistakes as a business owner early on, later on everything is a lot smoother. And so when you make it big, then, you know, you can come back and I can help you with more. But I do think now more than ever – People just need like, like little little answers and little questions. I had a, a student actually um, come to me recently, and she says, "I just I just need to know like how do I pay down my student loans? I got like six of them. In what order do I pay them?" So I was able to answer that question in like you know like a minute, and then she moved on, and she just feels so much better. And I think that's those are the small tweaks you need along the way. I love that. That is incredible. Thank you. So this is awesome, Winnie. Tell people not only where they can find you, because that is a whole show unto itself, but where they should find you. Where should people who are maybe not so financy, where should they go find you and learn from you to start with? Well, thank you, Christine. I always say just keep it easy. Just go to Twitter, follow me at Winnie Sun, or if you if you prefer other platforms, I'm on all the platforms. So just just do whatever works for you and I'll be there for you. 
<laughs> I love that so much. Thank you so much, Winnie, for being on. This was so informative um, and and fantastic. And thank you for being on. And also, you're a big supporter on my Twitter too. So thank you for not only cultivating your own brilliant community, but for being a great community member for others too. I think that's such a key part of what you do, and you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Lobaz. I love you so much. Thank you so much for letting me share your community. I I, I adore you. <laughs> love it. So next Tuesday, December 8th, we're going to be talking about how branding, personal branding, both is and isn't performative. And we're going to be talking about that with the prepared performer, Ms. Molly Mahoney. So definitely check those both out next week. I've got Twitter on Tuesday, Facebook, and now Periscope and Twitter on Friday. So join us for that. Thanks so much for joining us today. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.